All right, all right. How you doing, brother? Good to see you. What's poppin', man? How are you? I'm good, man. It's true. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, bro. Yeah, everything is good. Everything is good, man. Uh, how's your evening going? I, I know you've been on the creative flow. How, how's everything? I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. I slept all day today. I slept nice. all day today. I, I've been working pretty hard on a couple of things, and I just needed to crash today. So I said, you know what? I'm a crash. <laughs> Sometimes we all just got to take that, that rest, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. How things with you? Yeah, things is good, man. Um, things is getting busy. Summertime here in New York City, you know, so the, yeah. the weather getting nice. Um, people want to go outside. People want to have right. events. We, we're missing artists like you coming over here and, and giving us the vibes, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah. things we are starting to too, pick man. back up. We miss you know? it too. We miss it too. Yeah. So um, the weather's getting nice, summer vibes, you know, we're just, we're just hoping we don't get hit with a second wave, you know, um, everybody, we still hope everybody's social distancing and stuff like that, but we miss any vibes for sure, bro. Yeah, 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 it's, it's, it's rough, but we'll get through it, man, we'll get through it. We got to find a way we, where we're resilient people, so, you know, we, we got to make it happen. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so I know, you know, this, this quarantine has been like uh, an emotional roller coaster, right? Especially right. For, for creatives. Um, so can you give me kind of like your overall experience of how things have been, you know, from, from March or whatever the inception of lockdown was for you to now? What, what has that journey been like for you as a creative? Um, to be real honest with you, man, like for me, from, from March, I'd say about two weeks into the lockdown, I, I found myself in a reflective space, bro. Like, I, I found myself trying to just figure out things that, that I didn't have a chance to figure out or slow down and figure out. Um, it, it, it caused everybody to slow down. My, we had no choice. We had to stop. Everybody had to stop. And it was at that point in time I made a decision. It was either I... I stop and become one of the people that are depressed and, oh, man, I can't go outside and I can't this and I can't that or find a way to, to, to be as creative as possible to, to, you know, be as relevant as possible to, to find different ways to do it without touching the stage. Um, so, you know, my team and I, we sat down and we just tried to figure out different ways and we came up with the Drew story. Um, and then after the Drew story, we, we decided that, you know what, homesick would be a perfect song to, to, you know, to relate to what people are going through. Absolutely, man. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to get into Homesick, but first, definitely like the, the Drew Story series, man. Wow. Like, I definitely <laughs> just got to say, wow, the whole, the production of it, the quality, the story, getting to know you as an artist. Right. Um, you know, we watched all uh, eight episodes of um, on a Drew Story series. I loved it. Um, I definitely think definitely more artists should should experiment in that in that roots. Um, and we got to learn about you know your experiences, and we got to know you more personally. I know on episode five, which I think was um, called um, Patrice and the Police, you spoke about right. your experiences um, right. as as a black man within U.S. police and. Correct. And, you know, right now we have a lot of things going on here in America. Um, given your experience and everything like that, um, does you feel like it gave you an insight as to the struggles that are going on here in America? Was it something you could relate to? Did it make you question certain things, like stuff like that? Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, you know, just because, like, for, for a good couple hours, we were treated like criminals, we didn't do anything. They had no reason to hold us. They had no reason to, to make us sit where we sat. They put us next to the trash. I mean, they didn't, you know, get violent, but it was a situation that like, you felt worthless at that point in time. Um, and, and for me, I can only imagine, like, you know, people go through worse than that. Um, so, you know, it, it really made us sit down and think to ourselves, like, you know, man, like, I wonder if that would have happened if we were a different race. You know, I wonder how things would have went if, if we weren't black. Um, and then, you know, for, for how they treated Patrice and Brittany, because, I mean, when I went back to Patrice and Brittany, they were pretty upset. Um, you know, and they, they destroyed Sham's car, ripped out glove compartments, everything. And, and it was just as, okay, well, we did that. You, you fix it. You know, it's your problem now. You fix it. Um, and for me, it's not cool. And, and it's, it's, it's good to see that now we as a people are standing up and, and, and you know, fighting for what is necessary. If, if we don't do it now, it, now, is, now is the time, man. Like, we have to do it now. So it's, it's good to see. 
Absolutely, yeah. And I think you, you touched on something really important there was that, yes, things didn't get violent and stuff like that, but there's still trauma, right? Exactly. And I, I think that's one thing that um, specifically Black Americans are, are facing right now is this, this, this trauma that's, that's just been bubbling and culminating over years yep. and years yep. and years of systematic oppression, right? Mm -hmm. and, and it manifests in so many different ways. Um, but yeah, it's, it's really, really interesting to hear your perspective on that. Thanks for sharing that, bro. Appreciate it. Yeah, um, what, what inspired you to actually start the, the series? Because, um, you know, like I said, like media and stuff like that, something that, that's totally what I'm into, right? So I love seeing what you, what you did. And I want to hear your inspiration behind, you know, how it started and what the process was and your intentions and all that stuff. Well, I'll be real honest with you, bro. Um, it, it initially started as... There were a lot of rumors that were circulated my name at, at a point in time. And I felt, like over the last three years, I felt like, you know, I, I wanted to defend myself. I, like, I wanted to, to let people know, like, you know, what you guys think is not what it is. Um, but I didn't really have the platform or the forum or even the confidence to say, well, you know what, I'm going to stand up and do this because, you know, everybody has an opinion. Everybody's like a bad man behind Instagram and, and Facebook and, and Snapchat. So I was like, I wasn't ready to go into that war because I didn't know how to yet. And then one day I was sitting down and I was just like, you know what, enough is enough. Let me just sit down and I'm just going to tell my story. Um, so if you, if you watch the first episode, you'll see that the first episode was just me sitting down and, you know, just talking. And the reception, the response that I got from the first episode for me was just like, wow, you know, people actually enjoy this. People actually wanted to hear what was going on. So it, it went from, I want to prove myself to, I want you to get to know me. I want you to understand me. Um, and so we started to do the stories in a manner where, you know, like I'd get guests to come in and talk and tell their sides. So then that way it didn't, it also didn't come across as if I was being biased. I was, I was just trying to be unfair and just tell a lie or whatever the case is. So, you know, we, we reached out to friends and big up to Lord Edit, big up to Crown, Crown Media House. They, they did a really good job in terms of making sure the edits looked good, the intro looked good. And, and it just became a thing where, people just message me, they privately message me and they say, bro, you know, I appreciate this. I appreciate your vulnerability. I appreciate, you know, how you're letting us in. And then it went from that um, to, hey, you know, I went through this. I, I experienced this, especially with the same story, Patrice and the police. It was one of those things where, you know, I, so many people messaged me and told me, tell me about things that would have happened to them in America. And then my last story, daddy wasn't there. Oh man, the amounts of people that would have messaged me and told me how they how they felt about their parents, their mom wasn't there, their father wasn't there, they had to leave at a certain time. It was crazy. So it, it went from me just trying to prove myself to me just building a bond with those who support me and those who didn't even know me. Amazing, man. Yeah. And I think um, you touch on a really important point, which is getting people to see you past the persona that's on social media or what people see on stage, right? Because I, I always find social media and stage presence is always, it's not entirely who we are. It's a piece of who we are, right? Exactly. Um, it's like a fraction of our entire being. Right. Um, and I, I definitely think you did a really, really great job at creating something to connect with the audience. Um, I just want to pick up these people in the chat real quick. 29 Blaze, she said, I have a newfound love for you, man, after watching all the episodes as a man and as a soca artist. Real um, nice. Appreciate that. Real appreciate nice. that. Real nice. Yes. And yeah, if you all are just tuning in, we're just talking about the Based on a Drew Story series, which you can check out on uh, Ricardo Drew's IGTV. He has all some really, really dope episodes, which will give you guys some insights as to him as an artist and also some of the other people in the industry, as well as, you know, him as a person and all the kind of things that you wouldn't normally see, you know, on social media or right on stage and stuff like right. that. As well as that, if any of you guys have any questions, feel free to let us know by hitting the little question box. We would love to hear your feedback. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, if it's difficult to go through IGTV, you can check it out on my YouTube, too. Um, that's Team Drew. YouTube.com forward slash Team Drew. Fives, man. So I have a, a next question. So what can we expect maybe a season two? Because I know, I know we, we yeah, just got a season yeah. one. <laughs> 
season two is actually we're actually in in the works with season two right now you know putting together the episodes because what we did in season one is like we were just experimenting so every episode came week by week so i would record episode five on the week of episode five sometimes on the wednesday to release it for the thursday um but now we have an idea of where we want to go with season two how we want to, to deal with it so now we're starting to record episodes early we're starting to put things in place making sure that we we do things a little bit better um we have some sponsors involved as well so um you know things are working out and, and i'm really glad for that so to everybody that was tuned in and everybody that gave it so much love thank you for that awesome yeah and i, I definitely want to big up lord editing crown media two of um my favorite videographers as well that I always reference. Um, I, I love seeing I love seeing media and artists working together, man. It just it takes yeah, yeah, yeah. takes Caribbean culture and content to a next level Have for to. the world, you know. Um, so uh, one of the other questions I have um, uh, comes from you as uh, your 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 inspirations, right, and in, mm. in your artistry. Um, I know that you have like from the series from what I've seen, you have inspirations like Fifty Cent, Marshall, of course. Chris mm. Brown, Bob Marley. Um, do you have any other inspirations? Um, I can tell you my mother's a big inspiration to me, for me. My, my sons, my daughter, they're, they're huge inspirations in my life. Uh, my grandmother. Um, who else, boy? My grandfather, you know, um, RIP to him. Um, he, was a, he's, he is and was a big um inspiration to me like so much so many things that he did I, I just wanted to be I, I so much you know I just wanted to be just like him um and so those are a couple of people in my life um that definitely provide me with inspiration to make sure that when I feel low I gotta get up and keep going definitely and to hear to have that family and and the support and everything I know that that makes a huge difference on those days when when you're not for feeling sure. to get up and, and, and do it and you know so for sure for sure that's amazing man so one of my next questions is, is, is why Soka, right? Um, you, you, you have such an extensive um, artistry and a very diverse, and you're, you're, there's a lot of diversity in what you create. What is right. it specifically about Soka that made you want to pursue that? Like, why not uh, like hip hop, R&B, EDM, or like one of the other genres? Well, to be, to be quite honest with you, in the earlies, I wanted to do pop, right? Um, and I would say like, this is like 2004, 2005. I was like, yo, I want to do pop. Pop music is the way I want to go. And then I met a DJ by the name of DJ Crown Prince. And Crown Prince told me, he said, dog, you're from, you're from Antigua. You know, you have Trinidad roots. Why not do your culture? Why not, you know, sell your culture, be a part of your culture? Like, why are you not focused on that aspect of it? And I, I went home that night and I thought about it. And I was like, you know, he's right. You know, why fight up with, with these millions of people to, to sell something that is theirs when I could fight up with my people and sell something that is, that's mine, that belongs to me, that belongs to us. Um, and from that day on, it was Soka, man. Like I, I, I decided and I dedicated my life to, to being part of it, to, to bringing the culture forth as much as I could. And even though it took me how many years before I actually got an opportunity to to get an international song, um, it, it was still a blessing. And, and when I got that, it was still what we wanted to do. And then the man that actually took the song to a whole nother level was Crown Prince. <laughs> By doing his Crown Prince edit. So it, it was crazy how, how life, you know, started, how that started in 2004 and, and then began in 2015. So Amazing, man. Um, one question I always love to ask Soka artists is that, you know, we, we as fans, and I, I could, you could argue as artists as well, have a kind of expectation of what Soka should or shouldn't sound like, right? Like some people might say Soka is the jump on wave. Some people might say Soka is the feel good music. Um, have mm. there ever been times when you felt like because of what fans and what we expect Soka to sound like, has that ever affected your creativity? Like, have you ever, have you ever felt that Soka limits you sometimes in expressing your full creativity? Or do you feel that it provides you access to all your emotions, all, all your creativity to fully express yourself? Um, a couple of years ago, yes, I would, I would say I felt very limited. I, felt, I would feel like I, I have to sing about either partying or I have to sing about drinking rum or I have to sing about, you know, those kind of things. But now... 
I, I have made a decision within myself that, you know, soca is a, a, it's a genre by itself. It's music. And music is a form of expression. So if I want to sing a sad song and put it and make it soca, I'm going to do that. You know, it, it, may not, it may not connect with the, the wide audience of soca lovers, but it will connect with somebody because at the end of the day, people still love soca. Um, and and, we've, and it, we've seen that in songs like um, Stamp Your Name. We've seen in songs like I Got You, Voices, Year um, For Love, um, The Breakup Song. Thank you for whoever mentioned that. Um, you know, so like I decided, look, however I feel is what I'm going to put out. Um, it just so happened at one point, everybody thought how I felt is like actual things that I was going through in my life. <laughs> so they're like, oh man, he's he's singing this song for that one or he's singing that song. But no, it's just, it's just that I like to sing about what people are going through. And you will see that in the next couple of releases that we have. We have a song called Lucky coming out that she, that it's it's not the typical, you know, soca content. You know what I mean? And we have a song called um, Fire Six. You'll hear that as well. And a song called Doing It Too. So the direction for me, yes, I want to sing about the, the party. And yes, I want to sing about the jump up and the drinking. But I also want to sing about how you feel. Like I want you to put on my song in a car and be able to drive all the way from New, to New York, from Florida, and still be listening to soca. That's okay, enough. I don't want that. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. And I can, I can definitely see the versatility um, and a lot of your, the recent releases and stuff like that. Um, so I learned in your series that you also took part in um, America's Got Talent, right? With a yeah. group uh, crossover, <laughs> your former group crossover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and your experience led you to like your, your solo career. Um, right. You know, so what I would like to ask you is if you had gone and, and proceeded and made it all the way to the finals, do you think that you would have still stuck in soca, or would you have gone on to maybe ex experiment with some other genres? Um, I think I'd have still been in soca, bro, and and I think that that was one of the reasons that the group and I separated too, or not only because of what happened at America's Got Talent, but because we had different visions. You know, Chris wanted to do R and B. Um, you know, Josh wanted to do rap. Uh, Cupid, Cupid was just he would just go with the flow. But me personally, I wanted to do soca. Like, I was just like, look, soca is a genre that at that time, it wasn't as global as it was. And it is now, sorry. So I felt like it's going to come a time where it's just going to explode. And we need to be on that train when it explodes, you know. And, and they just couldn't see it the way I saw it. So if that had happened, I would have still been fighting for soca. That's good to hear, man. So, so definitely Soka from small and Soka yeah, forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing. Till I die. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Um, so before I get into your, your latest release, um, mm. I just want to go back a little bit to, um, to You Should Be Here. Um, right. The production, the lyrics, the, the visuals, I loved it. Amazing. Mm. Um, if you thought one Ricardo True was enough, you know, we have like four as a band in the visuals, right? <laughs> Which I thought was really cool. Um, talk to us about like the the effort behind uh, that that song, the the lyrics, the production, the music video. What what was the whole creative process behind it? Um, you know what? It it was just like a pot of everybody just throwing in ideas. Um, I I work a lot with NMG, so I brought NMG to my house in Florida, and we spent about a whole week just trying to find a sound that 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 I'm accustomed doing, but just, it's just a slightly refined. Um, and NMG was, he was determined. He was like, look, I know you like to do it this way. I know you like to do it that way, but I want to go this way. Um, and no matter how I tried to go left, he'd always pull me back right. And, you know, we sat down there, then we couldn't find it. So one day I picked up the phone and I was just like, hey, Culture. Now, Culture's a writer from the Virgin Islands. And I said, hey, listen, I want you to come to Florida for two days. Let's do some work and, and you can go back home. So I brought him there and... You know, we're recording something, and in the middle of recording a song, I just hear this thing in my head, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so I start beating it on the piano, and Nikolai's like, what's that? I'm like, I don't know, it's just an idea I came up with. And he's like, scrap this, let's put this down. And we ended up putting it down, and he went, after that, he took it, went home, got, um, in, uh, you know, musicians, he did his whole production, made sure it was live. 
And then my brother, after he heard it, he's like, yo, you, um, you ever seen this movie on, on Netflix, bro? And I was like, what movie is that? Can't remember. Uh, can't remember what the movie was, man. Anyway, he's like, go check it out. And he's like, yo, you should do a video like this for you should be here. And I was like, oh, yeah. I liked it. I shot the idea to Lord Edit. Lord Edit was like, yo, let's do it. And, and that was it. The rest was history. And it was so loved in Antigua that we decided, you know what? We're actually going to do another video that we haven't released yet um, due to Corona. And we did a whole video sh a shooting around Antigua, just showing you, you know, different places of Antigua where you should be when you come to visit. So we're going to release that as soon as it's okay for people to go back to Antigua so you can see what you, could, what you can and need to do. Nice. I'm really looking forward to that release as well. Antigua, um, I visited before with my family when I was a kid, but now as an adult and someone who's in Soka, like, and someone who's very interested in learning so much more about the Soka scene in Antigua, I think that's, that's, there's a whole plethora, a whole gem on that yeah, island, bro. You know? You gotta go, you gotta go, you gotta go. <laughs> Absolutely. So I want to jump right into it. Um, your latest release, right? Quarantine yes. has inspired many artists of, of all different genres to create great music, um, you know, in accordance with what we are all collectively feeling, um, right. including yourself. So can you talk to me about Homesick? You know, what, what, was, the, what was the process and uh, the, the visuals and everything? It was, it was relatable, also still a bit humorous. I've I seen you do some tricks with the carib, like without spilling a drop, you got to teach me that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, there was a video that was circulating um, from the start of COVID. A man was on top of the roof and he's like, I'm fed up. I want to whine in somebody fat. And for me, I we, we were sitting down. We were sitting down doing something. It was myself, Patrice, Pretty, and somebody else. And then Patrice jumped up and she's like, I'm fed up. I want to sing in somebody fat. So I looked at her and I was like, I'm stealing that. <laughs> and, you know, we had Homesick. Homesick was written for for me about four years ago it was written by dale ryan, uh, dale ryan emmanuel rudder an advocate then lero and i sat down a few years later and we we tweaked it a bit um and one day rhythm stream my manager he picked up the phone and he's like dog you know what song would work right now i was like what's that because i'm not even thinking about it he's like homesick I was like, really? He's like, yeah, man, homesick would work perfect right now. And he's like, you know, maybe you should do a video where you, you're just stuck in the house. And I was like, okay, cool. So I go, I sleep on it, and I, I call him back the next day, and I was like, yo, you know, you are seriously right. Like, I feel like this could work. So I call NMG, I, I bring him to the house, we record the vocals, we, we change up some things, call Lero, we tell Lero, hey, this is what we want to do speak to the other guys and then we call edit um, we call novindra nh uh, productions and we say okay guys this is the direction we want to go with it and we, we just made the rest happen we went up to toko in trinidad and we just decided look we're going to shoot and we're going to ask for people to just send in videos of, of them just looking miserable not even looking miserable just feeling how they're feeling um, and everybody else just sent in whatever they, they wanted, how they felt. And it, it was so, it was so real, man. Like Willie, Jester, um, Dre, Patrice, Pretty, um, who share. There were so many, so many people that were a part of it that it, it, I was so grateful for it because it put them in vulnerable spots because it wasn't, it wasn't really acting. That's how everybody felt. And when we released it, I, my expectation because of the climate was a bit low. I was like, you know what, guys, it's, we're going to release it. We're not going to expect this rave. We're just going to, you know, we're just going to do it. We're going to stay behind it. And on the first day, I was just like, wow, like, you know, the amount of people that was like, it, that it just touched. It was like, look, I feel this way, bro. I feel, feel this way. And, and then we, of course, added the uh, fed up. So everybody's like, I'm fed up. And it, it just it just worked out for us, and, and we're happy for that, man. So everybody out there, thank you. No, that's amazing, man. I mean, um, see, seeing you in the shower with your raincoat, that, that for me, like, I, I, <laughs> I died laughing at that part. But I, I, I definitely felt the emotion, like, especially when I saw um, Patrice just sitting on the beach. And it was something yeah. so, 
I, I don't know if I have the right words to explain, but I kind of feel the pain, you know, yeah. just just by the visuals and how everything looked. Um, right. I, I think that whole emotion that you were trying to convey really came across very fluidly and, and really well. And, and I think a lot of people can relate to it. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you. I want to pick up some people in the chat real quick. Log D and Loaded. I see in all the Antigua love. JR Friday. Big yeah, up yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Live, love, soak, of look, course. Look, Thank look, you. Look, look at flags. Plenty, 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 plenty. Ar Arlene, big up yourself. Um, very cool, man. So um, I know the, the quarantine has really affected the, the, the soca industry, the entertainment industry across the globe, right? And right. artists, um, entertainers, promoters, everybody in the whole realm, we all have to, to redefine and rethink how we're going to um, go forward. So do you feel with the quarantine, like, has your strategy changed in terms of releasing music and how you go about, you know, planning the rest of your year as an artist? Yeah, it, it definitely has. Because remember, at, you know, at this point in time, most artists that, that, are, that dive into the festivals head on would have had about four or five songs to release or would have had four or five songs out at this point. Um, and, you know, for me, the the COVID actually pushed us back to say, okay, cool, but you know what? We can't release four or five songs right now. Let's do it like how they do it in R&B. Let's do it how they do it in hip hop. Let's release one song, focus on that one song, create some visuals, do this, do that. And let's make that song a hit. Let's not wait to see out of the five songs, which song is going to become a hit. You understand? So we it, it, creates, it creates now a little more structure to, to what we do as opposed to just throwing things at the wall. You know what? I have homesick, and I'm going to take homesick, and for the next three months, I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to focus on this one record. I might release a rhythm here or there, but I'm going to focus on this one record, and I'm going to see how much I can get out of this one record, and then I'll do something else. Um, and for me, I think that's cool. It also has put us in a position where we have to change the content a bit. We, we have to, um, because we can't really sing about drinking in a fet if there's no fets for us to drink in. I mean, we can, but, you know, it's not really going to work out too well. So I think it, it definitely has changed the strategy, at least for me. Uh, I can't really speak for my brothers and sisters, but, you know, I know a few artists around me that feel the same way. Now we can just zone in and focus. We can take some time. We can take a four months and work a record. Amazing, man. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy to hear that as well because um, I think what that also kind of indirectly states is that um, we're moving a little bit away now from soca as a seasonal genre, right? Yeah. We're moving away from, from soca just, you know, releasing for carnivals only and then kind of using those same tunes to kind of carry on, you know, throughout the year. I think now what it sounds like to me is that um, we're, we're, or what we should be kind of expecting is soca music to kind of come all year round now. Right. Um, right. Do you, do you, how do you feel about, like, what are your thoughts on that? Like on soca as in terms of season and as a seasonal genre or, you know, being released year round, um, is it, is it more difficult to do? Does it impact the creativity? Like what's, what's the kind of the, the process behind that? I, I think, I think when we think about it as something seasonal, it, it does, it, it does limit you, like, it, it limits you to what you can put out, what you want to create, what you want to say, what you want to say, like, you know, because we're thinking about every fet that might happen in that season, um, as opposed to me just thinking about what Sarah went through yesterday, or, or, or what Jack went through today. Um, so for me, it's like, we have to, I don't know, man, like, we have to get out of that frame of mind and this is the time. We have no choice. <laughs> you know, we have no choice. We have to now understand that soca, and this is for those who don't understand it, because there are a lot of artists that do understand it. Big up my little brother Antonio out there. Um, it, it's not seasonal. We, I can release a song in April, and, and it still be soca, and it's, it should still be relevant at a certain time. We, we have to get out of that frame of mind. And I think now, more than ever, look, my brother Justy just released a whole album and, and a lot of the songs are not necessarily the typical, what you'd consider the typical soca. Um, and, and, and that's what we need to do. That's what we need to keep doing. 
absolutely yeah and i love uh, that you you brought up um you know just the and the album because my next question was actually going to be like now that we kind of see a shift in soka um happening seasonally and more throughout the year um is delving into creating an album something that we can expect from ricardo drew or is it is it kind of up in the air is something in the progress like stuff like that yeah man for most definitely um we actually have a couple albums planned out now um in a week or two myself and the entire team rhythm stream toya um and k13 we're actually going to be releasing an album called homesick which is a compilation of all the work that i would have done with mr roots who is in new york actually so you know and mr roots has been responsible for a lot of my hits a lot a lot a lot a lot like and a lot of my crowns and antiques as well so we're doing that first album that album is called homesick um later down the year we're going to do a album called based on a drew story which will feature the songs that would have been in the drew stories with a couple new tracks as well and then 2021 we have an album and we're not sure the name of the album yet but we have the songs for the album already so you know we we actually looking into doing these things now that's incredible man yeah i i'm i'm feeling the excitement i know people in the chat <laughs> feeling the excitement uh rhythm stream big up yourself um ashley row big up yourself <laughs> um so i i know i know actually know speaking of rhythm show i know you guys have a, a pretty pretty good relationship what's what what's the whole story with that man Sh- sham and i sham came into my life and you know he he's just always been like a big brother man um and it's it's so funny right because when i met him I met him he was mag- managing a artist by the name of Lodi out of the label Danger Zone and you know he was always this quiet dude but he was always effective like he's like a sniper like he's stand up in the trees and he just shoot boom boom and take out whoever he needs to take out by the time you turn your back like Sham already has everything that you need um everything you need sorted out And then one day we get to sit down and I'm like, "Yeah, bro, and my birthday's coming up on the 31st of July." And he's like, "The 31st?" He's like, "My birthday's on the 30th." I was like, "Word." And so, you know, it 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 just it just so happened that like our relationship just kept flowing like that and like he would just take like he he was very like selfless. Like he would just anytime I needed something and I didn't have it, he would do it like this man one time he went and he would work he was working at that time for a company AT&T and if i needed a video shot sham is working from morning to afternoon the video shooting on the weekend you know so he always looked out for me and i think then what really sealed the relationship was that purchase and the police story <laughs> like our license uh, um our license is suspended and he's like the cop is asking me who's driving and i'm like i'm not talking I'm not saying it. So when we got outside now Sham was like I reach you and I reach you. And and our relationship just it, it just maintained from there man. That's incredible man. Yeah, it's friends that last, right? Friends that become family, you know. So amazing yeah, man. He, I, he ahead, says he record he's recording this. Sham <laughs> <laughs> also send you a recording just in case. Don't worry. <laughs> um I want to bring up a question from someone in the chat real quick. Tell me. This one is from Tabletop. It says, "What was your biggest challenge coming up in the industry?" Um, biggest challenge for me it was identity, um, because I came into the industry through Trinidad. I was born in Antigua, but I lived in Florida. So when I'd go to Trinidad, they'd be like this Antigua. When I went to Antigua, they'd go this Trinidadian. And when I went to Florida, or anywhere in the states to be like this Jamaican and it it was really difficult to find my own spot because it was like everybody was always putting me somewhere else um and for me I, after a while I just decided to take all of them put it in one pot and just be Ricardo like whoever you want me to be that's that's your opinion but I'm just going to I'm going to give you the best me I know how to give you and then the other thing on that on the flip side of that now is finding your identity in the music i couldn't be a kiss i couldn't be uh a edwin yearwood i couldn't be a blacks I, i had to find a niche to be ricardo and it took me a long long time to figure that out and on one one year 2014 i went to my band member juice and i said juice i am going to quit 
I, I'm tired. I'm fed up of it. I don't want to do this no more. And Juice looked at me and he said, the reason why you feel so frustrated is because you're trying to be everybody else and you're not trying to be yourself. And we went in the studio. I went in the studio with Berger. And I said, Berger, we need to find an identity. And then Vagabond was created. And that became Ricardo Drew. You know, the character, putting some character in the music and... You know, we, we pride ourselves now in, in doing things or trying to do things that would be difficult for our next artist to do. Absolutely. And I mean, like Vagabond, wow. You know, um, Vagabond for me is actually a very special tune because the first time I ever visited Trinidad um, was when Vagabond was released. And yeah. I remember getting there and, you know, just sitting on the veranda with, with my family and my friends and just playing Vagabond on repeat. Non-stop, yeah. bro. I, I kid you not, non-stop. Like, this was maybe six, seven years ago, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And I remember, like, just, just being there. And I always think of that year, and I'm like, yo, the first time I ever went to Trinidad, Vagabond was the defining song for, like, you know, my first time ever exp experiencing the Twin Islands. So That's cool to um, hear, man. That's really cool to hear. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely, man. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a really, really um, defining tune. Um, what was the process for you, you know, with, with Vagabond? I know, you, you, and you speak on something really important, which is identity, right? Um, having, you know, at, roots in Antigua and then roots in Trinidad and also having a bit of, um, you know, America, like all these different cultures coming into you and right. kind of becoming like an amalgam. Um, mm. Do you feel all those identities really came out and contributed to Vagabond and, and its success? Yeah, it, it definitely did, man. It definitely did. Because if you listen to Vagabond, right, there's so many different pieces in the song. There, um, there's a chant in it that is really Antigua. You understand? There's a piece of it that is really melodic, like Trinidad. Like, you know, you, you really kind of feel. And then there, there's just like, um, there's a part in it where like, even I wanted to go a little American, but um, it pulled me back a little bit. But it, it was like a, a, a compilation of everything. And, and and that is legit exactly how I felt at the time because I was like, all right, Berger, we're getting a little too rough here. Let's change it up here. Let's go. Because it's holding me on a mission. You know what I mean? So let's go this direction. Then we come back into the Antigua swing. And that chant, that time, hey, 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 the way that I jam in the band. So it's, it's like we, we took everything, we put it in a pot, we mixed it up, and we just said, you know what? You take this. That's incredible, man. Yeah, it's, I love I love hearing the story behind you know you know really really hit songs like that. Um, one of the other questions I have, so I know, um, like for example, you say that it has a lot of Antiguan roots, and there's there's so many amazing things that I've seen and heard about Antigua Carnival. Um, mm. Can you tell us what really stands out most to you um, with Antigua Carnival and specifically the style of soca or the sound of soca that comes out from Antigua? Um, I, I think that, you know, we, we're not really, we don't really care too much about the, the style, not the style, sorry, the, the look. When I say the look, I mean, it's, it's not all about going and taking Instagram and, you know, we're not doing it for the media. Yeah. We go out there to have the best time of our lives. If for some reason your feathers fall off, the first second you get on the road, man, once you have alcohol and you have the people <laughs> around you, forget that. You know, forget that. We, in, we are people that we enjoy ourselves. We, we enjoy our company. We enjoy our music. And we enjoy the moment. And we want you to enjoy the moment with us. So, you know, we make sure from start to finish, that's it. You are going to leave there thinking to yourself, you know what, this was a small carnival, but it was probably one of the best carnivals I've ever been to. Our energy is on a whole different level. And it comes from the music. It comes from the, 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 the rhythm that just keeps hitting you in your chest. Um, and then... We don't have a problem making fun of ourselves and doing gimmicks, you know. We will fly around a truck like Superman or like a dragonfly or, or whatever the case may be. We, we, we don't care about what you think. We don't care about, you know, ah, look, he looking like a fool. No, come look like a fool with us, you know. We grab you, we pull you in. Um, and beyond that, our people are just friendly people. We're inviting people. But don't cross us because you will get one of these. 
Definitely. Well said, man. Yeah. Um, big up to everybody right now in the chat, showing love to Antigua with all, with all the flags. That's what I love to see. Um, you, you bring up a really important point, bro, which is that you come out to have a good time, right? And this is the kind of magic I find with the carnivals in the other islands. Um, right. Because some people would say, especially the older generation, will say that the, 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 the carnival that we have in the big islands, especially in Trinidad, has started to become very commercialized and very superficial, right? And so you, you get carnival, quote, like, kind of like carnival hunters that are looking for the realest and most authentic experience they can get. Um, and based on what I've heard, I, I hear that Antigua like, definitely offers that, that vibe, you know? So it's incredible to hear, um, you know, that, that, that tradition and everything is still staying true. Um, yeah. And I definitely hear it in the music. I think Antigua does a really amazing job at blending tradition with modern sounds. And, like, um, you definitely see that on the, the Liberta rhythm, um, right. which, you know, I sent that to a few friends. And they're like, yo, uh, some people are like, yo, I've never really been too much into the new sound of soccer, but this took me back to my childhood. Or yeah, this, yeah, this yeah. took me to a place where I remember growing up in, in Guyana, you know, in, in the bottom house and this is the kind of music that we would listen yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So and, and you need music to take you back there. You definitely need music to take you back there. And of course you need music to take you forward. Um and in order to know where you're going, you gotta know where you come from. So you know it's it's a good balance for us. Definitely. So we have about ten minutes left so I'm gonna go into our next question here, bro. Um so Drew's Day, right? Yes. It's it is, and if not, definitely one of the most anticipated fets in Antigua. Um, how important is it to you as an artist to have a show for your fans? And what kind of freedom does it give you that you wouldn't maybe typically get in, you know, like a standard event or something like that? Um, man, it's, it's really important. It's, it's really important because, you know, like when you get booked for a show, you get a certain amount of time. You know, sometimes it might be a 35-minute show, it might be 45, it might even be an hour. And with the amount of music that I've put out in Antigua, it's very difficult for me to do that in an hour, 45 minutes or 35 minutes. So after reaching a certain point in our career, we decided that we wanted to do a show not only to, to showcase what we want to do, put on, put on a performance, put on a concert, but also to, to show people or show yes to show people our patrons or fans exactly how we think we should put it forth not how promoter x wants us to do it or promoter y wants us to do it um so we did drew's day it was actually at first it was actually fought down they're like yo you're gonna do a show on a tuesday that's not making no sense it's 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 gonna fail um and we decided you know what we're just gonna go through with it man First year it rained out, people enjoyed themselves, and the second year was one of the biggest years of my, my career in Antigua. So many people showed up, they enjoyed themselves, and, and we, we pride ourselves on, on making sure that we do the show for them every year. Every year, if we can, given we can't do it this year, but you know, make sure we do it for them because they have made us who we are. Incredible, man. Yeah, definitely. And and, I, and I, one of the things that I love about, you know, Druze especially is that it gives us the chance to look out for some of the, the local artists that maybe we might not hear about in, in the mainstream right. media and stuff. So I want to bring up a, a question from Jell real quick. Mm. It is, um, who are some of the Antiguan artists that we should look out for? Right. So I'll tell you my two artists first. There's Young Lyrics, who is, is a pretty, pretty talented young artist that's coming up. There is Kimmy who is also a pretty talented young female artist in Antigua. Um, you know, overall, one of the biggest artists in Antigua, Tian Winter, you should check, check him out. There is Menace. There is, who else, who else, who else? There's Zamoni. There is, um, well, of course, everybody knows Claudette Peters. Everybody knows Tizzy. Um, there's, there's quite a few young artists. We do a show called Ivy Land um, that we, we showcase as many young artists as we can um, coming up, you know, and and for us, it's, it's always bringing attention. But for me, I'm going to leave it there. You see Young Lyrics, you see Kimmy, I want you guys to go and check them out. Check them out, check them out, check them out. Amazing, man, yeah. And I love I love hearing that, you know, like seeing that, that Soka is not just 
staying stagnant with one generation, but is, is crossing to people of different age groups and evolving and to see that the, the, the mentorship and, and the, the camaraderie is, is definitely there. Um, what, are, what, are, what, what is like some really important tips or advice that you would give to up and coming soca artists? All right, before I get into that, yeah. somebody did mention a, a band actually that I did forget, LSA. They're like the new burning flames. Um, they, they are definitely like the new burning flames of Antigua. They're making sure that, you know, that, that, that line of the culture is staying relevant. Um, to up-and-coming artists, my, my, my advice to you is to stay focused. Do not let small success get to your head. Try to remain as, as humble as possible. And if you believe in yourself, if you believe in your brand, if you believe in what you can bring to the table, believe in it. Stay true to it. Keep working on it. Make sure that, you know, you do your research. Make, so, make sure that if you feel that you're at an A, bring it down to A minus and keep working to A plus. You understand? Keep being as focused as you can be on your product because your product is, is what you're going to be selling to the people. And if you sell it to somebody and they realize that you're not selling them something that is A grade, they're going to they're gonna leave. Um, and then the last thing is know when to take constructive criticism and then try to understand when somebody is trying to stop you from being who you need to be. So know when to pick out the good and know when to leave the bad. Incredible, man. That's phenomenal advice. Um, you know, I, I, I definitely agree with all of it. One, one of the challenges I've actually heard um, from up-and-coming artists is that sometimes it's difficult for them to, to hop on a rhythm or, or to, you know, get like a, a big name producer to kind of work with them, to, to build them up when they don't really have any experience. Is there any advice that you could give to the artist specifically when it comes to looking for producers and, and looking for the right rhythm to express themselves on? Um, yes. I want to add to my last piece of advice, though. Everybody is not your friend. That is the last thing. Everybody is not your friend. Now, to answer that question, that was important 2015, 14, 13, 12, go back. Tennyson John is, is a perfect example of an artist trying to do that. An artist always looking to get on a rhythm, looking to be on the most popular things. Every one of Tennyson John's hits has been something he produced for himself. And if he didn't produce it for himself, he started the production and somebody else finished it. So now you don't necessarily, and you know what, producers might hate me for this, but you don't necessarily need to chase down the biggest producer to get, you know, something that is going to work for you. You do what you, do what you think, do what you feel. Um, and then that the next thing too is like, you have all these platforms now that you, you don't necessarily need anybody else. You create your own platform and you just put in the work. Put in the work and you will get the reward. You may not get the reward tomorrow, but you will get the reward eventually. We need to stop being so, as especially in Soka, we need to stop being so dependent on, on what we think is hot, on what we think is the next big thing. My brother, my sister, you are the next big thing. So you just take it, run with it, go with it, and stop believing that, you know, I need this one or I need that one. No, you don't. You just need to work out. Amazing, bro. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Very, very awesome. Um, I want to bring up uh, I want to bring up one lighthearted question from someone in the chat. <laughs> this one is coming from Miss Toys. She asks, "Breakfast or lunch? Which one can you prepare the best?" <laughs> um. Breakfast. I'm a big breakfast man. I'm a big breakfast man. Like, um, I, I love to get up and make, you know, breakfast. I can't, I could do lunch, but breakfast is my thing. Vibes, 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 vibes. So, Drew, um, you know, we spoke about a lot of your music. We spoke about your biggest hits. Before we wrap things up, um, tell us where we can find you at. Um, and, and actually, no, no before, before we go into that, let me actually ask, what is the next thing now for Ricardo? Drew? Well, right now, 
as, as we discussed, we're working on the second season of Based on a Drew Story. Um, our focus right now is on whoo, that carrot boy. Make sure you grab yourself a carrot. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we're working on making sure that we secure the success of Homesick. And we're actually planning out the next couple of releases. We have, we have uh, between now and October, November 1st, we have about four releases that we wanted to deal with. Um, we just have to make sure we plan it properly. Um, and for me, you know, it's, it's just putting things in place, just making sure that we can secure the next couple years, trying to be 10 steps ahead. Um, and, and that's really it. That's really it. Just, you know, making sure we secure, secure the bag. Absolutely, bro. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you so much for your time. Let us know where we can find you at your social media platforms, where your music is streaming at, or all the good stuff. Right. So, as we said, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at It's True. I T S. Who's who say? I never seen you cooking, man. I cook <laughs> breakfast all the time on my Instagram. <laughs> um, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Um, not Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's true at I T S D R U E. Um, Snapchat is I T Z D R U E. Um, check us out and subscribe to the YouTube www.youtube.com/slash Team Drew. We have Homesick out right now. You can binge watch all the Drew stories of season one. Um, we have what? We have a couple things out. The album for Homesick is going to be released in a week or two. Um, look, look out for so many things from us, man. And what else? What else? What else? What else? And look out for Drew's Day. People, if you're coming to Antigua next year, come to Antigua right before Drew's Day, which will be the Tuesday, um, right before Carnival starts. Um, come for that whole week. Come experience T-shirt mass, the Drew's Day, the raft up. Come experience it. Subscribe to the YouTube. And to you guys, thank you so much for having us today. I really, really appreciate it. Much love, Drew. Thank you so much for all the insights to, to hear everything behind the scenes of the music, all the valuable advice you give to the young artists. Look forward to so much more stuff coming from you for the rest of the year. As always, much love and respect, brother. Big up and bless. Appreciate it. I know. Everybody be safe. <laughs>